there's trouble, G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is there. to G.I. Joburg episode number 17. Tonight we broadcast on the edge of oblivion. It being the 22nd of December, well at least where I'm staying in Singapore, I have successfully evaded the end of the world according to the Mayan calendar. You fellas are still stuck on the 21st. Um, are the, the red skies coming? No, I mean, we've got a bit of a strong wind here and some rain, but nothing too ominous. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Yeah, Cape Town. Yeah, everything's good at Cape Town. It's very hot, but the others here will be good. Excellent. Cool, so we have avoided Armageddon, narrowly, to bring you more G.I. Joe goodness. More vintage and new school G.I. Joe debate. Tonight we are delving into the topic of mint in sealed boxed items. To open or not to open? That is the question. <laughs> I have recently come into possession of a very modest mint in sealed box G.I. Joe item from 1986, that being a devilfish. And depending on how tonight's episode's debate goes, I may or may not open it. But before we get into that, let's address some of our normal topics, or segments, I should say. Anybody got any new stuff? I already broke the ice by mentioning that I found a G.I. Joe Devilfish at a steal. 25 Sing dollars, which is dirt cheap. I mean, it's it's about 20 US dollars and 175 bucks of my local currency. I wish there were a few more devilfish to buy, to be honest. Be nice to have a little dock of devilfish. And it's a sexy little box. With that old school art, you can do no wrong. The old school G.I. Joe label plastered across the top. A real American hero. Devilfish. Weapons do not shoot. Beachhead looking badass at the controls. And... Wetsuit looking confused. Confused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's kind of he's kind of hanging on back there for dear life while missiles blast off in his face. But what he's hanging on to, nobody knows. God knows. Yeah, it's a shark, dude. He's riding a shark. Indeed. What and I don't mean that? a shark. I mean a real shark. <laughs> <laughs> but something that struck me about vintage GI Joe packaging and something that perhaps has not been carried through into the modern lines is that absolutely everything that can fire out of this vessel is firing in the picture. You've got a missile blasting off, you've got both guns blazing, and to top it off, you've got the underslung torpedo being fired off. I mean, Beachhead is just laying into something full tilt. And this is consistent with all old-school packaging. They all are just firing off absolutely everything, this massive salvo. So it's really a case of shoot first and ask questions later. Yo, Joe. <laughs> but uh, how about you, Paulie? Anything new this week or month? I, I got a few new things. I got some uh, new dollies. 
<laughs> yeah, it's been one of the bigger arrivals of this year for me. Um, really fantastic figure in hand. Uh, the pictures have not done it much justice up until now. Uh, great complements of accessories. But yeah, I mean, he comes with the classic Uzi. He comes with the, is it an S&P 90? And he also comes with the nice little assault rifle. It's got the sword. Got a really cool knife. Got a whole bunch of ammo. The only thing he doesn't seem to have, which I was a little bit disappointed with, with, was that he doesn't really come with any kind of debt pack or any kind of, you know, heavy, uh, ordinance, which is a bit sad. Because you want to nod to the old school snake eyes that had a satchel. Yeah, because he's got a satchel. That's the thing. He's got a satchel and his assault rifle's got a grenade launcher, but he's got no, like, actual explosive. <laughs> All of his weapons come with a silencer or with a suppressor. So his handgun and the two machine guns, except for the assault rifle. And then following hot on the heels of Snake Eyes is Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. I got a six scale of the Naked Snake version of Naked Snake in a sneaking suit. Fantastic figure, great detail, uh, with a, an amazing sculpt, great tooling, but some limited articulation because of the, the suit. And um, just a little too much money, actually, for their product. And last but not least, I got a 1 to 6 scale Hot Toy, 1 to 6 scale Batman. Uh, the face sculpt is amazing. Uh, they have got pretty much a small Christian Bale head. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's really, really well detailed. The suit is well detailed as well. He's got great, articulate, great attention to detail um, on the figure. The series that come with it, he comes with um, that, that blue gun from Rises. I don't know what it does. I can't remember now. Um, it also comes with veteran, and you've got two different belts. So that you've got one belt, which is very slick with no pouches, and you've got the other belt with all the, the separate pouches. Really great figure, once again. The the blue gun, so really, really stunning. Great Hot Toys purchase for me, it, and a great Batman for me to have. Probably the only one to six scale Batman I'll probably end up owning. Um, so I'm glad I got it. And then, you know, two little mentions. I got Link from Zelda, and I've got a character called Phoenix Iki from Saint Seiya. Uh, I actually got them a while ago, but I just had them shipped recently. Uh, the Zelda is actually from a company called Good Smile, and it's from the Figma line, which is a rival to Revoltic. He's fantastic. He's a great toy. Some great um, ideas behind the design there. And yeah, and that's me. I'm, that's me toyed out. Um, okay, Robbie, anything new from you? No. Okay. I didn't put my <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah? Anything you, Robbie? You do work in a comic yeah. book store these days, so it's it's possible. Yeah, but I haven't had much money lately. You know, uh, I got to wait till the end of the month. So, I got myself a couple of hero clicks, but I mean, those are just, they're more like miniature models of badly painted. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell you bought them. I don't know. I just felt like it. I thought I'd get lucky and find a really awesome, awesome character that I like. And luckily, I did. I got a cool green lantern, so... Oh, wicked. Have you guys got the Batmobiles there for Hero Clips? Uh, we have those fine boxes, yeah. Um, I'm not sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have the boxes. I'm not sure if we actually have meet the Batmobiles and stuff. Yeah, they look quite cool. They do look amazing. I got a G.I. Joe this week. I found, I mean, I do find um, old Renegade stock and Rise of Cobra stock and Pursuit of Cobra stock uh, and a few items that I haven't got yet, mostly because I didn't want them to begin with, but one item that you had, Paul, which I had always kind of had a liking for and never ordered him online, 
uh, I found in the wild, and so bought myself the Pursuit of Cobra Spirit. Yay, it's a goodie. It is a goodie. And the lurid green is far less lurid in the flesh. But I mean, we're talking about a figure from like three years ago now almost. Yeah. So this is a vintage toy. <laughs> and a good one at that. Nice parts use, a very solid figure. Somewhere between a John Rambo and a Billy from Predator. All those resonances are winners, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, finally, a spirit that doesn't look like some kind of racial stereotype. This guy looks like a warrior in the modern sense of the word, not some kind of cliché Native American. At least they're also keeping up the, uh, the tradition of spirit by giving him a gun he can't hold. Oh, well, that was tossed very quickly in favor of a Marauder Inc. Similar weapon, but... Better scaled, better detailed, and yeah, man, it's it's all kinds of horrible. But hey, whatever. That's so weird. It is bloody weird that Hasbro can produce such an exquisite compound bow, you know, a removable arrow that slots into a quiver of arrows, a hatchet or tomahawk, I should say, a machete, a great flak jacket slash ammo pouch vest, and an all-round winning figure, and then give you this piece of shit rifle. It boggles no, my no. mind. And I'm pretty sure, though, off the top of my head, I wouldn't be able to remember, but I'm pretty sure they've done a better M16 or M4 underslung shotgun combo than the one that he came with. Anyway, oh, just... it didn't bring down the side too dramatically, and he's a great figure, and finally a version of this character that I can get into. Because as I say, the powder blue shirt, pigtails, spirits never did anything for me. So, that is a G.I. Joe that I got, and I seem to be doing quite a bit of headhunting for you, Paulie. Not only did I pick up some Transformers from Fall of Cybertron that you've been keen on, uh, I also found you a dolly! Yay! It's a dusty dolly! Yeah. <laughs> I haven't told Vichy yet. Whoops. <laughs> so, what's new? I she mean... She likes Dusty. Oh, does she? What exactly yes. about Dusty does Michelle like? I think it's the flap. <laughs> no, on his helmet. <laughs> oh, chicks. I know, you don't get I it. Like I like that character because of his couture. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen when she saw Snake Eyes come to Timber. A very heavy, heavy, heavy Timber. Because the whole boxer's weight is that fucking dog. Wolf. <laughs> and, like, look at the puppy! And she's like, oh, puppy! The mind, like, oh, wow, look at the badass ninja. You know, commando. Mm. Puppy! <laughs> anyway. She's like Sniper Wolf. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Mm. So, shall we plunge into our best body part segment? Yes. Each episode, we nominate, we elect a G.I. Joe, a vintage, a real American hero style body part to showcase. <laughs> Each of us pick our favorites. Anyone want to get the ball rolling? Uh, Rob suggested this week's body part. It is none other than the crotch piece. <laughs> what you got for us, Robbie? Well, you know, you do laugh, but I think a lot of they put a lot of effort into getting the crotch right. You know. <laughs> Sorry. You go. <laughs> There's a lot of detail that goes into sort of characterizing many of the characters just by by looking at their crotch. I mean, yeah, later on they didn't use a lot. of Easy bland, it was very flat and sort of soft. I mean, soft as in the you know, details and stuff. But, um, oh. Many of the earlier figures 
they sort of put a lot of detail and really interesting stuff in there. And you just look at some of the sort of outdoors figures, like 1980, 1985, they don't tuck their shirts in, and I think that's a really cool little thing in there. That you they haven't tucked their shirts in and they're out there in the middle of nowhere and they're just you look at Duke, his shirt is tucked in. I think that's just a small thing that helps helps you think about the character, character a little bit more. Of course uh, previously I've mentioned uh nineteen eighty six's Lola and his uh, fantastically bright uh, silver zip on his crotch area. Small the crotches of the little men I look at little shows that um it's they kind of been beaten by the nineteen ninety rock viper who seems to have the sort of thing going on down there, which I'm not understand. I don't understand why he has that. It really doesn't make any sense why you need to. Unless there's something weird about it. But anyway, let me get to my favorite crotch of all the JoJo's, and that would be Dalton. Now the cool thing with Dalton pants, and he's got a brown belt with a nice silver buckle on, and there's kind of detailing for sort of the flat where the zip would be underneath the fabric. But then also he has little devices on the sides of his, of his belt using permissions, and he's got pockets to the back. So I think that's pretty... It says a lot about him, and it's also very practical. It sort of adds to his uniform, and adds to what he can do. Yeah, and also, I mean, over, yeah, over the years, they, they obviously use less detailing, but um, sometimes they do something different, like 1988. Hit and run and cool on belt. 1986 Alton's crotch is your favorite. Because it's Definitely. Like cool just, little uh, pouches. Like well, as I was yeah. saying, it just adds something more to the uniform. Oh, yeah. How about you, Paul? I like Baroness's crotch. <laughs> oh, definitely. A feminine crotch is very nice. It's and been it just fits in with what she's wearing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been sitting around that ever since we mentioned it. Baroness is, is one of my favorites. I love the Cobra Insignia. I think it's a very sexy crotch, uh, if I have to get into it, <laughs> which I'd love to. <laughs> but sculpting, oh, awesome little belt, very cool belt buckle. The Cobra motif is, is a big favorite of mine. It was quite a tough choice because there's a lot of really interesting characters here with some very interesting... Like It's odd, but deep sixes, you know that that crotch is airtight because it's got... <laughs> it, <laughs> Sealed. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's a great one. Um, it just it helps to separate the figure. It's brown. It's a great you know? crotch. <laughs> it's got some uh, uh, utilities on it. You know, it's everything a, a a good crotch should have. Yeah, but that would be my second place to the Baronesses. I love the Baronesses crotch. I think they did it really well. I think, and also it's a female figure, so they have to be very careful. And I think they they handled the lines and stuff pretty well there. Far better than what they did with um, Scarlet, in my opinion. Because Scarlet, mm. unfortunately, from the waist down, still looks like a man. Yeah, but she's so smooth down there. <laughs> I know. And mentioning, I mean, it's... <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, you get three boys talking about crotches. I mean, I hope these people are expecting a mature conversation because then. <laughs> well, I mean, and... another one I found interesting was a 1988 Voltar. There's this uh, incredibly con. con- Incredibly complex contraction, holding his hands up, <laughs> with little gold studs. It's weird. It's almost like a like a dirt rally driver. It's like seatbelt. It has this gigantic, big gold button he pushes whenever he wants to release his beast. I mean, his, you know, when he wants to go to the toilet. It, it's very, also the nice thing about the crotch area is often the material that you, that you can imagine that the pants and whatever else was made of 
is nicely suggested there as well. Like in yeah. 
the supersonic fighters major blood and even good old 1986's beachhead these guys carry grenades near their crotch it's quite astounding though i mean yeah, no, they, they just carry dangerous weapons you know on their crotches yep Another one who's, who's concealing like a derringer near his dick is uh, Windchill from the Arc oh, Blast. <laughs> yeah. That cat also lived dangerously. But it keeps his, you know, he's got to keep his safety on. Damn. <laughs> but why is he carrying a derringer? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a small gun. <laughs> it's a small holster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's not packing no desert eagle down there. <laughs> no eagle down there. <laughs> and Rob, I, uh, the other segment that we are quite keen to institute deals with a treasured accessory or weapon that we had a strong inclination toward. And this week, with this episode, it's Rob's turn. What you got for us, Rob? What I've got for us is probably one of my favorite issues that I never actually really had a lot of time to play with. And that would be um, Scoop's Pistol. He came with this, this wonderful little, and I don't know, I think I must have loved it like, even probably before I even opened the package. Because I remember everybody playing with it, but I always remember not having it. it oh, because it disappeared early on in the game, huh? Exactly. exactly. And Did you open it in the car? I probably did. I probably did. By the time we got home, it was gone. And you know, it's just one of the things that I wish I had now because it looks—it looks amazing. It's just a little, the tiniest little like on there. And I think it just so perfectly with what he is. He's a journalist. He's filming out there. And you know, you can't have people filming. <laughs> keep things quiet. You can't have people, take, people out fucking with your battle scene. So you're gonna quickly. You know, dispatch them with your silenced pistol. <laughs> ruining the shot. Yeah, ruining the shot. Yeah, it's one of my favorite accessories that I never got a chance to play with, and that I maybe one day I'll, I'll find on eBay and I'll just I'll buy it, and then my scoop will finally be beeped. Well, you need his little um, headset mic. Yeah, and I think also his his camera. I think the little thing with the tube connect broken. Uh, I think the, the, there was a, a sort of a, a spot on his leg, actually. There used to yeah. be a post on the leg that, that the, 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 the black tube would connect to. Yes, you're right. There we go. Yeah. I see the picture. I broke him. And, very yeah. neat thing about Scoop's gear is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the camera can um, be stored on the backpack. Yes. They connect up. There's a post on the camera that fits into a, a hole, a sort of a raised hole on the backpack. And that's awesome. I mean, for 1989, to be able to compact your gear together like that, bloody clever. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. Easy is a brilliant figure. Mm. I like it. Yeah, he was yeah, always so your sort of primary guy, as I recall. Yeah. And you just look different, you know. That's what I like about it. It's cool baggy pants with that he's got on yellow little, like, yeah well his pants his pants aren't yellow like a massive color <laughs> much better which I suppose he has yellow but yeah so choice of one of my favorite accessories is Scoop's pistol very nice 
Though I hope uh, it lives up to your recollections, because we used to really enjoy the smaller guns in the line, like pistols. But now, looking back, they're all rather oversized. I mean, they were the first things to lose, basically, the smaller guns, which is why they almost had mythical status in our collections, because we'd so seldom be able to hold on to them. But now, I mean, compare Shockwave's bazooka of a pistol to more modern efforts. There's no point of comparison. Yeah, yeah they, they were wearing a completely different scale back then. Yeah. Indeed. But still, I want it. I want to get it. And, I, you know, I'm going to get it. It's good. Good. Good notion. I'll look out for vintage scoop accessories for you, buddy. That'd be amazing. Oh, if you could actually find an entire scoop in Singapore, that'd be incredible. Well, they sell massive Ziploc bags of, like, loose Joes in varied mm-hmm. conditions. I'm sure they would probably have the same for accessories. I'll go rifling through this. Mm. Let's get into our debate, because I'm actually dying to get into this mint-in-box, or mint-in-sealed box, 1986 Devilfish. Something quite interesting struck me while I was examining the box. The date stamp says 1985. Maybe the package gets minted with the date of the vehicle's design, but that certainly didn't happen later on. And this was not a 1985 release vehicle. Mm. So it's it's a mystery. Maybe it's not so remarkable. Maybe all Devilfish boxes were marked as 1985. Maybe it was sort of an error. I'll do my research and find out and get back to you. But another thing that struck me as interesting is that the box advertises a free G.I. Joe action figure body transfer. Mm. What the hell is that? What is that? <laughs> that sounds very interesting. An action figure body transfer. It it looks to be a sticker or a, a tattoo, base, basically. But why is it a G.I. Joe action figure body transfer? Can I tattoo my action figures? Or does this go on me and makes me look like an action figure? <laughs> yeah, that is an odd and one, actually. Is, that is very odd. And you can transfer your consciousness into the figure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think based Maybe on the strength, like I think based on the strength of of that advertisement alone, I have got to open this box <laughs> just to finally find out what the hell a free GI Joe action figure body transfer is. The problem with this um, the whole debate, I can't debate against you. I can't be like, oh no, you mustn't open it. No, friends, I think it's very safe to say I'm going to open this. Simply because I didn't pay that much for it. It's not a high-ticket item. It's never going to fetch astronomical prices. And let's face facts. I have not opened a vintage G.I. Joe boxed item for as long as I can remember. I think 10 years at least. So the novelty of seeing the plastic parts on the sprue untouched by human hands, well, apart from whatever sucker put them in there, you know, 30 years ago, or just under. Uh, it's it's something that's hard to deny, that appeal. But anyway, as I move a knife into this box and gently cut away the factory tape, why don't you guys tell me what your thoughts are on vintage vehicles and action figures and too open or not too open? I just think that in general, I mean, yeah, big ticket items, smaller items, whatever, 
that there are just so many of them out there that are already open, that are out there and that are able to connect without ruining the sanctity of this sort of thing. Why does it need to come out now? You could literally have found another one that has been opened and used. And you don't have to worry about, I don't know, the, like, ah, it's brand new right now. Yeah, 25 years on, it's, you know, I just wouldn't be able to say with that. I get where you're coming from, and, and uh, in my opinion, in the case of something like Star Wars figures, um, which do fetch very high prices, old collectibles, you know, some really old comics and things like that, there's a lot more value in keeping it intact than there is in opening it, and, and you can look at it as a bit of an investment, that kind of thing, and I, I think that is an important thing to note, but it's funny, because if I considered GI, uh, like Star Wars, for example, if I had any vintage Star Wars stuff, I probably wouldn't open it. And I wouldn't open it because there's not a lot of playability in them. I don't really like the figures a lot. I never really have like the old Star Wars figures. Hasbro is doing a really great uh, job of re-releasing them, um, re-releasing the vintage line, and they've done some cool stuff with the vehicles and made it feel kind of authentic. So there's no real need to to open a, a mint and box, say, Star Wars figure. But we are talking G.I. Joe here, and... I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. And this is actually why. No, no. This is actually why you, you and I, and all of us like hunt vehicles. Is because the vehicles that they originally made for GI Joe are so awesome, and they're so much more fun than what's coming out now. They are rare, so it feels great to have them, whether you had them in mint and box or open. And they fetch a price, but I mean, you're going to get something that's a really, really hard ticket item in the sense of, you know, maybe picking up a mint and sealed box Raven or whatever. I'm sure you could get some pretty good cash for it, and you could keep it around for a long time. But for me, the, the true value in a toy is always in your hands. It's always the fun that you can have with it. And it's why I don't actually keep anything mint and sealed box. I've got one or two Joes that I've kept mint and sealed box, but that's more because the circumstances in which I acquired them is sentimental, and I like to cherish the sentiment. Besides, I went and bought doubles of them anyway. I've recently acquired a mint and box Cobra Mamba, and I had a mint and box Phantom X-19. I sat and looked at that X-19 for a while before I decided to open it. And it wasn't because I was worried about the value. It's because I wanted to make sure it was the right moment, if that makes any sense to you. Like, I wanted to really savor the experience. And the whole thing worked out so well. I mean, I thought it was going to be delivered to my office. I get home, and literally a half an hour before I got home, the delivery guys had actually dropped off that Phantom. And I wasn't expecting it. So I got home to this really nice surprise of this Phantom X-19. I examined the box, and I sat and stared at it for a while, and, and, and I just thought, fuck it. And I, I grabbed the iPad, and I documented the whole thing. I opened it up, and I took out the parts, and I took photos of all of the sprues, and it was quite an amazing moment for me, because that is a toy I've always wanted as a kid. I'm glad I'll have that experience. It's not like, a, oh, yeah, I'm so cool. I have a sealed X-19 in my cupboard. You know, I can't open it to show you, and I've got it on my shelf. I haven't put the stickers on. That's mostly because I can't find, find it myself to break the sticker pack. I want to actually get myself... Uh, replacement stickers from the, that Cobra Stickers company instead of cracking the ones, the vintage ones I've got. But it's cool, just pretty awesome just to have everything together. It's, it's a great feeling opening a toy. I mean, Paul, when it's set there, yeah, what, is, what is the point of maintaining those vintage stickers as, yeah. as separate pieces? I mean, their purpose is to be married to the vehicle. You're not likely to put them on something else. You're leaving the, the Phantom unfulfilled. It doesn't have the, the real G.I. Joe stickers. It's got those stars. Yes. Okay. So that's one thing I'd like to, to get is the actual the proper G.I. Joe stickers. That would be cool. I can't think of why I don't want to open them. It just feels weird to, to ruin that side of it. Because you see, the thing is, my Phantom and my Mamba, I don't want to mess around with too much. 
if that makes sense. They actually mint. They straight out of the box. And I don't want to mess around with them too much. But my Night Raven and my Cobra, which were played with and whatever before they got to me, I will gladly take out into the garden and mess around with them a little, you know? And I don't know why I'm like that. Maybe it's just because I'm trying to preserve the, the whole sort the of... mintiness meat. of it, yeah. Absolutely. I was actually taking them off the shelf the other day and I dusted them, you know? <laughs> of course. So I, I get what you're saying. I think it, it depends on what it is. I think you're right. I mean, if it's a Joe, keep it in that box, actually take it out. Even if you're not going to play with the block, like you're keeping them on the shelves, not going, you know, throwing them into the pool or whatever. You have it. You have some sort of function out of it. And the value, yep. it doesn't matter as much. But if it's a comic book, something like that, something that you can read in a different way, you know, that is a good idea to keep. It's just that there's so much focus on the value of collectibles that I think a lot of people forget why they collect in the first place. I've never thought of my collection as a commodity that I'm going to allow the value to accrue and then one day start selling it off. I mean, that's just ludicrous. I think the economy of that, unless you're really switched on to it from early on and keep things in beautiful nick, it's never going to be a good economic move. And also, there's an intrinsic value to toys that goes beyond financial. My childhood is invested in this stuff. And if I can relive a piece of that through the simple act of purchasing something from many years gone by and being the first person to open it and to experience that, to sort of step into a little bit of a time warp and be an eight-year-old boy again on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. I think there's so much more value in that and the experience of that than selling it off for money. Oh, I, yeah. Money is such a hollow pursuit. Why do we do this in the first place? It's because we're chasing the rainbow, boys. Anyway, I, mean, I, I choose this juncture to give you an update on the devilfish. <laughs> we will never know what the fuck a body transfer is, because why? There was none in the box. Uh, I'm sorry. Not only that, but this was not a sealed item after all. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> While I do agree the boat is pretty minty in terms of plastic quality, it has been assembled and the decals have been applied. Ah, uh, wow. So we thought it was perfect, and now we realize it's not. But still. That, my friend, is the, the pitfall of buying in the wild, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, never, never go out into that jungle. <laughs> never leave the boat. <laughs> But it brings me to another discovery that I made not too long ago. In fact, this time last week, I found a flea market, and one of the stalls had a mint-in-box Crusader shuttle from 89. I am assured that it is a sealed box, and you best believe, gentlemen, I will inspect it thoroughly. So just for double taping, that's all. Absolutely. Especially after my Devilfish uh, experience. But with something like a Crusader and a large-ish item, which will fetch quite a high price if I am to buy it, what do I do then? Do I cave and open it? What factors would you guys consider in that scenario? I've got one, but I'll let Rob have a shot, because I spoke quite a lot earlier. Maybe if you consider getting you know, the complete thing, the find and the Crusader together, then maybe not open it. But, I mean, just open it. Just go for it and have fun with it. I mean... The only reason not to open it now, I can think of, is maybe just being effectively here. Just like that. But otherwise, you should just go for it. I think when you get back, you should, you know, open it. So you say, buy it, <laughs> don't open it here. Yeah, open. wait until you get back, yeah, right. and then open Yeah, wait until the seller is 
thousands and thousands of kilometers away before discovering <laughs> that it's a, a box full oh, of... Oh, fuck me! <laughs> yeah. Filled with, like, packing peanuts. Here's a toy that's been sitting production line in 1990, and it went to some Toys R Us or some toy shop when the toys were still big, and it sat there, and so many kids walked past that thing and went and begged their mothers for it. They really nagged for it. They tried to save up for it, and then other things got in the way, and this crusader never really found a home. And then it was probably bought, and it's probably been bought and sold on eBay easily for the last five years or so. Between guys ping-ponging between different buyers and whatever. And now it's in your grasp. Or if that. I mean, it's quite possible it it didn't ping-pong at all. It stayed in this particular dealer's collection for years. Just no action. The thing is, this this toy has seen so many faces. It's been been on one side of the wall. Yeah, you're looking at getting it. You know, you're going to be the one that's going to open it. That toy has essentially been sealed since 1990 for you to open it. That's the way I chose to look at my X-19 and my Mamba. Those two toys have been floating around forever. Even through the 80s, when, when buying toys was, was a war zone. You know, when toy shops were a war zone of a Christmas period. Somehow, one found its way to me. And, and I like to see that as like a... It's kind of cool, you know. It's kind of like that's my toy. I do like it. It's, it's kind of fate. Month. This toy... It was in its destiny for mm. it to wind up with you, and you were destined for it. Mm-hmm. Quite remarkable. That's how people find you sometimes. Oh, Jesus. Really? Buy them and sell them over the years. Schmaltz. <laughs> hope they survive until meet them. Schmaltzy, but just really cool. So it's like when I found that radar rat. Fuck, I would never have bought a radar rat when I was a kid. Okay? I the, the box said G.I. Joe, and it was... St- Date stamped 1989. You just couldn't resist. And it was the first G.I. Joe, real G.I. Joe I've seen in the wild, you know, since 1990. Yeah, I bought a Radar Rat for exactly the same reason. I mean, I turned it up <laughs> so many times as a child, but when I saw it, you know, not too long ago, just out there in the bush, <laughs> the big bad bush. Wow. Isn't that bush? You just dug in there. You put your hand yeah, I dropped a whole, deep. whatever it was, 20 rand <laughs> on Man. a sealed Radar Rat. It's still a piece of garbage, though. I mean, it has probably got the most unergonomic G.I. Joe seat ever designed. I mean, the guy is sitting on these ridges, these, like, veins. It's... Jeez, poor boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is some serious hazing, man. That is some G.I. Joe initiation shit. You have to sit on a radar rat and man it for five hours. Good luck with that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, while traversing hills. <laughs> the Devilfish is a fun little boat. I can see why it is a bit of a sleeper hit. I mean, you don't think much of it initially. And certainly the orange color is a bit off-putting as a G.I. Joe vehicle. But as a one-man attack craft, it's got an appeal. I will say that much. And apparently it floats pretty well, in spite of the fact that it is made up of two halves that clip together, and it has holes in the bottom. Correct me if I'm wrong, is that the same um, like a fish? Mm, the tiger fish, yes. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. should be used for the tiger fish. Then it's an awesome little vehicle. Yeah, I'll say so. I really enjoyed their use in the G.I. Joe animated movie, being used by Slaughter's Marauders, oh no, sorry, Slaughter's Renegades, to sneak up on yeah. Terradrome on Cobra Island. 
at least they all had their own one. There wasn't that ludicrous concept of strapping guys on to the foot pegs. <laughs> yeah, so each guy had their boat and in the, you know their, their quick insertion vehicle, and off they went to raise Cain on Cobra Island. So getting back we, to... We decided that opening figures, I mean opening steel boxes went on the wild. I think, for me, the deciding factor is, do I own a loose specimen of this or not? And if the answer is no, I think for the sheer ecstatic joy of opening my own mints in sealed box G.I. Joe toy after all these years is too good to resist. But if I already possess the vehicle and I've already had my fun with it and I know its ins and outs, its various intrigues, and I've got a loose specimen to play with at any given moment, then I am reluctant to unseal a sealed box. Now, I fully appreciate that I am not a mint-in-box collector at all. I could think of nothing worse than having a collection of colorful boxes as opposed to loose, wonderful playthings that I can... Uh, <laughs> so you own one. So that's why you'll never open uh, the chopper. Yes, listeners, I have a mint-in-sealed box Action Force G.I. Joe Tomahawk. And I can't bring myself to open it. I mean, I, I've kind of just forgotten about it, actually. It was the find of my career, because I actually found it in South Africa. I mean, that is just so unlikely. In fact, it, it's mind-bogglingly unlikely. The fact, it, the fact that it is perhaps my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle ever produced, and the fact that I found it at a brick-and-mortar toy shop that I go to very often, but they just happened to have brought it out that particular day, and I happened to walk in that particular day, and it came out with me. Uh, I have not opened it, for the simple reason that I already have a loose tomahawk. And while I do appreciate the joy of having a mint specimen, I know that just like with Paul's X-19 and his mamba, I'll probably wind up not playing with it because I'll be so scared of tarnishing its mintiness, scuffing the transparent canopy or causing stress marks to the rotor blades or, I don't know, any number of minor little niggles that we wouldn't really mind on a loose and played with version but would really cause me sleepless nights if I had it on a mint specimen that I have unboxed. The question is, why would you buy a second one if you already have one? Why buy the sealed in box if you already have another one? I suppose in that case, it was it was, it was sealed. It was having the experience of being able to buy one in South Africa. Absolutely, Rob. There's absolutely no way I would have walked out of that store without it. I mean, put yourself in my shoes. You find a mint in sealed box Tomahawk, your absolutely favorite G.I. Joe vehicle ever, 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 ever. A full... 23 years after its release and you just walk out of the store. Mm, that's nice. And let, let me just tell you folks that I got it at a steal. I think I paid 250 rand for it, which nice. is about 100 rand more than I paid for this devilfish. <laughs> this pre-opened, pre-sticker applied piece of shit devilfish. Okay, that's me being rather harsh. It's a nice vehicle, but no. Yeah, it's no tomahawk. No, it's no tomahawk. So answer my question, Rob. Would you have walked out of that store? No ways. No, obviously not. I think that's another story to tell. What, what was but the point of that, then? What I'm trying to say is that 
you wouldn't go out your way to go and find a sealed box for No, but if I do... You wouldn't go on eBay. But in front of you, yeah, I think... Definitely, I'm going to pick up it right in front of me and I don't have it. That makes a world of difference. If it's staring you in the face and you have the means, I can't avoid it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Especially if it's something that I don't already own. Case in point, this Crusader shuttle, Mm. I will most likely gift to myself for Christmas. And I will open it. Because I don't own a Crusader. I've never had the opportunity to tinker with one. Mm. And I just think there are so many layers of value that it would have for me. Firstly, new toy. What would Christmas be without a new toy? Secondly, new G.I. Joe toy. Thirdly, not new toy. I mean, it's a vintage. Like, I was explaining to a friend of mine who saw Paul's minty, mint, dusty action figure by Sideshow. And this particular friend of mine said, that is an exquisite action figure. That is amazing. That is so cool. And I said to him, well, you know what? It's not for me. It's for a friend of mine. I don't actually collect these. And he said, why not? It's it's the ultimate version of this G.I. Joe character. Why wouldn't you collect it? You're a G.I. Joe fan. What's wrong with you? And I thought about this for maybe a few seconds and then came back with, because this figure was produced this year or last year, can't quite remember, and has you know every bit of current engineering and design toy pizzazz invested in it and is beautiful and is exquisite and perfect but it was still minted in a factory last year whereas the stuff that really fires my imagination really gets me going is the stuff minted decades ago in a factory that possibly doesn't even exist anymore and assembled on a conveyor line by some laborer who may or may not still be alive hey that neighbor is probably 30 now <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's younger than us. <laughs> Still, may or may not be alive, you know. Sweatshop laborers have a short shelf life. No, that's true. That's why you just didn't tell your friend that you don't like Dusty because you can't play with it in the bath. Cloth, clothing, and, and just the fact that it's such an expensive commodity of an action figure, it really deters one from playing. And to yes. me, it's always been what this hobby is about. I want to get my Joes out and I want to wage war. Instead of pose my doll with his perfect clothing and accurate backpack and dog tags. and Oh, I'm having a lot of fun today. I think I'm going to like exchange his ranger patch for one that says Robert Tardor. Hey, 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 hey. We all have fun in our own special ways. I think I'll pose Snake Eyes with uh, his silenced SMG and maybe his sword. Or maybe I'll have him reaching into his bag or something. His man bag. Come yeah. on, Steve. You know, you know, like, just keep all these toys. You can play with your figures and, and just let me stare at little Joe's watches. Enjoy <laughs> our Joe's our own way. Indeed. And at this time of year, it being the Yule time, I think we should all preach a little bit of tolerance to one another's toygasms. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm gasming all over the so, I think, I mean, this has been a pretty one-sided debate. I think we're all pretty much on the same page when it comes to opening vintage boxed items. Very much, just do it. Just do it. Unless you already own it, in which case, Back. just forget Unless it. Unless yeah, you're finding it in a shop, but don't worry about getting it. 
Can I throw a bit of a um, just the whole thing? Um, yeah, go ahead, Paulie. Um, okay, so say for example, if I came into a rattler, okay, he had given me a vintage concealed <laughs> box, and it was now, you know, twenty anniversary, um, post twenty fifth anniversary, when I could actually get myself a twenty fifth anniversary re-release of that, I would actually go out of my way to go and get the re-release then open the vintage. Uh, and this is like having had none of them to all of a sudden getting one of them for free. See, I wouldn't be able to because I know it's vintage and I know that there's a modern equivalent available. That's what would stop me. So for example, if, if you pick up a, a vintage, I don't know, like a vamp or something now that was mint in box or something like that, I would say, no, don't open it. Rather go and buy a anniversary one or wait, you've got it already, you know? So that's where the argument gets a bit um, shaky for me because there is no sort of be-all and end-all rule, I think. I yeah. don't think we can we can come up with a, a formula that we all can agree on. Uh, personally, if I found a mint in box vintage vamp, I don't think I'd buy it. Yeah, well, exactly. I've because got you've it. Got, yeah. yeah, you've got one, and you've got the, the modern re-release, so there's no point in owning the vintage one. That's where the, the argument comes in of, do I own a vintage, or do I go and buy myself a vintage? Because I want a vintage, I just buy something because I really want that vehicle, and there's no way in hell I'd get it otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think one rule though, amongst us has always been uh, that if you see it on eBay, and I know I'm a bit of, I'm, I sort of step on the line here a little bit, but I mean, it, aren't you guys more inclined to buy an open specimen on eBay, an open complete specimen, rather than a mint and box specimen? Absolutely, buddy. Because it's so much cheaper. I find, yeah. yeah, there's a cost reduction. But you're the person who's who's splurged on boxed items from eBay. What goes through your head? Do you not always go for a loose uh, alternative? Well, in this case, it was a... You see, because the Phantom was purely a matter of... I was looking for a Phantom uh, X19, and I had seen an auction, and I passed one or two by, and I was looking at them, and then I was looking at um, missiles and stuff for them, etc. And then this guy this offer um, for a sealed box one and it wasn't much more expensive than a, a loose uh, than a complete open or than a complete and loose one mm. and yeah I went for it and that was because I wanted the experience I wanted the experience of opening the figure more often than not if I can get the box with the item uh, opened and it's loose but if it's loose complete with a box I relish that I really love that although I haven't really really had that um, I haven't received any figures in the box I've got the only vintage vehicle boxes I own are the Radar Rat, the Cobra Mamba, and the Night Raven. Uh, my Mean Dog and my other vintage vehicles, anyway, loose and complete. With the, oh yeah, and the, the Rhino. Rhino, but it's not really vintage. It's sort of mid-vintage. It's weird. It's a semi. So I would also rather go for open than mint and box. But like, like you guys are saying now, if I had to walk into a shop now and see a Crusader on the shelf, I would ask him how much, and then I would either buy it right there and then, or make a plan. Just sorry, I know I'm reiterating what Steve said earlier, but it is a different experience. Sure. Yeah, I, I must say this um, Crusader is plaguing my mind right now. I feel like an eight-year-old again. I mean, it being around Christmas time, and all the resonances are just kind of bubbling back. I remember looking at the 1990 catalog with the sort of European released G.I. Joe's that had yeah. the Crusader shuttle on it. And I remember poring over that catalogue. And that catalogue also had 
the Cobra Bug, the Sky Patrol. So it was a kind of a collection of various years all thrown into one catalog. Mm. And that year, I was getting my Cobra Bug on Christmas. And man, did I pour over that bloody catalog for hours. I think the bulk of Christmas Eve, I couldn't be pried away from it. I was just fascinated and, and fantasizing about the Cobra Bug and what it would be like to open it up. And I think I can't possibly resist the temptation of reliving some measure of that. Because while I was scoping out the Cobra Bug, my eyes were drifting around that catalog a lot, and I must admit they did fall on the Crusader more than a few times. Definitely, man. I don't know what it is about it. I know that uh, there was definitely some appeal to the space items of G.I. Joe, probably because Rob and I both had members of the Star Brigade, and G.I. Joe would often venture into space, and we just, you know, being sci-fi influenced kids and, and also having some knowledge of, of 2001 Space Odyssey, there was just something very cool about playing out very lengthy, slow, deep breath kind of space adventures. Oh, totally. cold vacuum of space, or the garden under a night sky. That was a very cool play pattern. It's going to be quite... yeah, it will be again. Amen, buddy. Amen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the photos that you take with that thing. I'm looking forward to playing with that sucker. Will you boys join me? When are you coming back? Because <laughs> you want your dusty. Uh, no, no. See through I you, I shall. Dude, I was actually hoping if you did bring it back here and you wanted to open it here, it'd be cool if I could be there for the opening. Oh, the Crusader. Hmm. Forget it. Course, Forget it. If I get that damn thing, I'm opening it on Christmas Day. Okay, you're yeah, going to take photos? Of course I'll take photos, boys. Don't you worry. So, that's important. You know, you need to catalog it, though. That's that's one thing I, I think is a responsibility of opening a vintage figure. Why? Someone with far better photographic skills has gotten their way ahead of me. I know you think so, but maybe they haven't. Like, maybe that person hasn't done that. You know, there's always going to be sites and stuff like yojo.com that, you know, that need pictures. You know? Yojo.com have a very competent photo chronicler in the shape of Chad Hukel. Yeah. I no, think true. I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And that guy yeah. has got some exquisite photography of pretty much everything in various states of box or unboxing. Okay. Well, that's, but, that, but I mean, I'm, we're talking to the general public here as well. I mean, to, to our fans and stuff, you know. Oh, uh, folks, I do operate a blog. You best believe this will be a rather lengthy article in my blog. So well, yes, I will I will certainly chronicle the event. Fantastic. Gosh, I'm really painting myself in the corner. I'm definitely going to have to drop 400 bones on that sucker and ASAP. There's no two ways about it. I am going to buy it <laughs> and open it. It'll be so funny. The Minton Box Crusader. It like, takes that off the shelf for you and whatever, and then the next day you like walk past and then there's like a Minton Box something else that you want. <laughs> oh man, I'm definitely going to have to uh, buy a container. <laughs> from, from my eastern voyage ah, if I've sounded distracted at all during this period it's because I have been peeling and reapplying dodgy decals fuck it's my pet peeve anyway that's enough of that now it's time to have a bath with my not so mint in sealed box devilfish but hey at least I have no qualms about playing with this little sucker now and I must say it's in pretty good nick regardless so Gentlemen, without further ado, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
And to all our listeners out there, I hope 2013 brings you much prosperity and much G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe!